Well, uh, if you want to open your Bible up to Psalm 62, Psalm 62. So I just wanted to, um, I would read the whole Psalm, but just for the sake of time, just want to speak to you this morning from verse 8. Let me just start with verse 7, rather. Verse 7 says, On God, this is the Psalm of David, On God rests my salvation and my glory, my, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people, and pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us, Salah. So that's, that's my, my verse, that's my exhortation, encouragement this morning, that we would uh, do this verse. We put this verse into practice. It's, very, uh, it's a verse that seems to me that encapsulates the whole Christian life. You know, trust in Him at all times. Uh, pour out your heart before Him. Trust in God. When? All times. It applies to every area of life, every situation, every trial. We're always called to trust Him. And I think pour out your heart before Him. That this is such a key. And we're going to see that as we go on here. So it is something that is corporate, right? Trust in Him at all times. O people, it's a corporate aspect. That yet it's a calling from the Lord for all of us. Believers, those of us that are a true Christian, to, to trust in the Lord as a, as a body. But also it comes down to the individual, doesn't it? Because the, the body is made up of individuals, and we must, you must individually, specifically, trust God yourself. Um, trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart before Him. And I, know, I remember maybe about six years ago or so, just a time of uh, spiritual struggle and uh, down there, and I was in San Antonio, and just reading John fourteen one, where it says, "Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me." And it was just like you know, I was seeking the Lord, kind of discouraged. I believe it was, and just it just like the Lord was pressing that in into me at that time. Believe me. Trust me. Like this is the thing, you know. Just believe me. Trust in me. That's the that's the issue, and. Um, and from time to time, I feel like the Lord reminds me of that as well. And that's what we're being called to today, believing the Lord, trusting the Lord. It could be helpful for us to think about what we're talking about when we think about trusting you know, the Lord. I think sometimes, at least for me, these things can be so often said and there can be a kind of, it can almost seem vague. It can almost seem, you know, so generalized that it's like, what does that even mean? I mean, what does it mean to trust the Lord? Of course, there's much we could say, but... It's basically I'm going to I'm going to be confident in him. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to put my confidence in him. I'm going to rely upon who he is. Re- rely upon what what he said. Confide in him. Uh you know, a, a Merriam-Webster's dictionary a definition of the word trust, I think is helpful that cuz they the translators chose that word, right, and put it in our Bibles and Trust is this, an assured reliance on the character, ability, and strength or truth of someone or something. So if I'm going to trust 
I'm going to rely, I'm going to be assured of this and rely upon the character and ability and the strength and the truth of God. I'm going to put my confidence in Him. I mean, let's get more specific, right? I mean, what is it? It's trusting His character, that He is who He says that He is. As He's revealed Himself in the Scriptures, His attributes, I'm believing that. I'm trusting that His power, I'm trusting His sovereignty, I'm trusting that He is a God who hears, a God who is near, His omnipresence, I'm, that He knows all things, that He's ordained all things, again, in His sovereignty, His love, His character, His tenderness, uh, all these attributes, these manifold attributes of God. I'm going to trust that this God is my God, and I'm going to believe in His character, and therefore that character backs up the prom- the promises that he's made, right? The fact that he never lies, he made all these promises. He's the utmost character he can be trusted. So trusting in the Lord as well as trusting in his promises. Those uh, promises found all throughout our Bibles. We know that all the promises are, are yes and amen in Jesus. And that every promise of good that he's going to, going to do to his people of help, restoration, what he's going to give, how he's going to respond to his people, how he's going to work all things for their good, all those promises. I'm going to believe the trust in God is taking those promises and believing them, relying upon them, putting my confidence in them. If you want an illustration, it might be like this. You know, see it like your bed at night. You just put all your weight on that bed and you just rest, right? I mean, take those promises, and they're like beds, right? We just lay upon them, and, and we rest upon that this is true. Whether I feel it or not, I know that God has made this promise, and this is true. And it's trusting in His truth as well. I mean, what He tells us about Himself, what He has done for us in Christ, who we are, who we are in Him. And I think we could get more uh, specific in the in these uh, areas here, when it says trust in Him at all times, pour out your heart before Him. I mean, and this is not. I'm not saying that this is all that this verse means. I'm just more saying this is a practical thing. We could kind of bring it down home to ourselves here to think about what are the the specific verse that I need to believe or that I can believe in this present situation. You know, think about what's on your mind. What kind of trials are you in right now? What are some verses that you just want to behold God with and encourage yourself in the Lord? You know, we could say this, whatever the situation, whatever the thing, there is a verse for that, right? I mean, there is a verse for that. You know, you you might think about somebody seeking guidance in their life. What should I do in the future? What's God's will? You know, there can be a temptation to maybe kind of get confused or maybe get discouraged. Like, what? where am I going? What is What is going to happen? But then you come to Scripture and a promise there in Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Basically, the Lord is, and I, for me to believe God through this verse, trust Him through the verse. That's what we do, right? I'm going to believe that, okay, I don't need to be confused. Lord said, 
I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to give you counsel about what decision to make, how to go forward with this thing, where to go, whatever it is. And I can pray and pour my heart out about that verse to God because there's all these temptations that might be pulling you in the other direction, a temptation to doubt, a temptation to be discouraged. But I'm going to take this verse and trust God through it and even fight with this verse and pray over this verse and trust God through it. That's a specific illustration. You know, it might be somebody that, you know, that maybe they're dealing with different insecurities in their life. They're kind of tempta- temptations to the approval of man in that. And, you know, you're, and the verse for you might just be a whole book or something. The, I'm going to look at the book of the Song of Solomon, and I'm going to believe that I am the bride. And I'm going to be- trust God through that, that when he calls me the bride, when he, when he really loves me the way he's expressed himself in the book of the Song of Solomon, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to, I'm going to fight with that. I'm going to put my confidence. I'm going to rely upon that truth that I don't need the, I don't need the approval and opinion of man. I don't need their acceptance or I, I need, I need this, right? That I'm going to fight with that even though I may be pulled in that other, other direction. So those are just some examples, right? Trusting in the Lord in the midst of temptation. It says in trusting Him in all times, right? So every it it encapsulates the whole Christian life. Christian life filled with temptations, filled with many different things. I'm going to seek to trust the Lord in temptation as well, right? That what is the temptation? Say it's a now again. The reason I'm going over this is so that we can think, and you can think in your own life. Think about your own temptations. What is the verse that goes with that? What is the what are the scriptures for this season that I'm going to believe God for, right? Or believe God through that? Tim, say I'm tempted in this season to go after the world, right? How am I going to trust God at all times and pour out my heart before Him with that verse? Well, you might go to you might go Psalm 16, right? The sorrows of those that run after another God will multiply. What's the temptation? Telling me out there, this kind of sinful pleasure, whatever it may be, money, whatever it is, sinful gratification, that I'm feeling pulled this way. But this verse says, God who never lies has said this to me, sorrows of those who run after other gods will multiply. Lord, it seems like that's going to be joy out there, but Lord, you said, and I'm both, Lord, you said that the sorrows of those who run after other gods will multiply. I'm going to believe you and trust your character that I'm going to regret this. It is not going to be worth it. It's going to just multiply sorrows in my life. And I'm going to go on down to the next few verses later where it says, In your presence there's fullness of joy, and at your right hand are, are pleasures forevermore. I'm like, Lord, I believe that. And you pour out your heart about it, right? I think one time probably our problem is is that you know the verse and it's like, well, yeah, I have that verse. Maybe one brethren uh, exhorts you with that verse and it just kind of the temptation is so strong or then the anxiety is so big or whatever, you just kind of throw it to the wayside. You tried it for a second, but then you kind of put it down, right? But for us, as I mean, we need to meditate on those things, bring those things to our mind. What is that specific verse for this specific trial, this specific temptation? I'm going to pour my heart out about it. I might tell the Lord, Lord, I see what you say about this verse, but I don't feel like that right now. I don't feel like that's better. You know, be honest, transparent. You pour it, Lord, help me believe this verse. You fight with this verse before the Lord in prayer. I mean, that's the way we live the Christian life. I mean, this verse is so uh, foundational. I mean, we have to do this. We get to do this. You know, tempted to 
tempted for the approval of man, like I said. I, I am he who comforts you. You might go to Isaiah 51. Who are you that you're afraid of man who dies and you've forgotten the Lord, your maker, right? And you pour out your heart about that verse, tempted to find your identity in your own career, your own giftedness, whatever it may be, what the, the world would say is valuable, right? You might go to what it, what's exalted among men as an abomination in the sight of God. And that's, those things are so small. Or it might be, Lord, I want to get my I want to know that my identity is in you, who I am in Christ. And you pray over those. You pour over your heart over those things. Very practical, right? But it's very simple, but it's very effectual, though, too, right? And this is one way we trust in the Lord at all times and pour out our hearts before him. Not just t- talking about temptations, not just talking about trials, but just all areas of life, trusting in him at all times. Everything's encapsulated in that, the pursuit of God, that I'm going to believe that God said, that he is a God who wants to be found by me, right? That he's a God who has given himself to me in the gospel, and he's the gift that he gives, and I get to know him, and all these promises before me say, if I seek him, I will find him, right? If I call upon him, he's going to show me great and wonderful things that I never knew before, that there's more of God to have. I'm going to believe God and trust in him through that. I'm going to pour out my heart before him in light of his truth, asking for more of him. When somebody's discouraged about your sanctification, you know, you look at your you're like, man, is it, is it really this slow or whatever it may be? And you feel it. And I think probably it's because we are really a holy people and we feel sin so sensitive. We've really made a lot more progress than we realize. But you feel it, right? You, you can tempted to be discouraged. Like, oh, man, Lord, I want to grow in this area. You can be tempted to be discouraged. How do I trust in God at all times in that? Right? There's speci- these are specific things that we go through, right? Well, I'm going to believe God. That when he said he's predestined me to be conformed to the image of Christ, I'm going to take that verse. He predestined, Lord, you said you predestined this thing, right? It's going to happen. I'm going to rest in that. And then I'm going to also, there's also other verses, means to take by which we do grow, right? Responsibility on our part, which I trust God through those things. Lord, you said, Lord, if I draw near to you, you're going to draw near to me. If I, if I call out for growth, you're going to grow me. Lord, you're going to use the body as I confess my sin. There's going to be healing among the, uh, in my life. All these things. You guys know this. Fulfill, when it, not just that, but fulfilling the Great Commission. How do we trust in Him at all times and pour out our heart before Him, right? This responsibility that's been laid upon every Christian, right? The Great Commission. In some form or fashion, we're all to be about that. How are we going to do that in the midst of all of our weaknesses, in the midst of all of our limited resources? Well, we're going to take verses that say, like, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age and believe God that as I seek to step out in the midst of all my weaknesses and seek to fulfill the Great Commission, God is going to be with me. He set this thing up. He's going to respond to all my prayers for more laborers, more more prayers for the advancement of the gospel, for the salvation of the lost. I'm going to believe God through that. So these are just some examples. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. So we need to work on this, right? I mean, this verse is calling us to do something. I mean, we can't have a passive approach when it comes to believing God, right? I mean, God himself, I mean, it's David who, through the Holy Spirit, is encouraging us, trusting him in all times, O people, pour out your heart before him, right? 
But ultimately, it's God behind David saying that to us. Hey, trust in me. You know, and he's not saying, well, wait for God, wait for God to give you the faith to do it, right? He's saying, you trust me right now. There is the, the responsibility, the present reality of faith is so emphasized in the scripture that we would be a people that use our minds, right? We need to think, you know, use that mind. Don't just let your mind drift off into something or kind of float around like a like a ship in the night, right? Maybe you might hit this dock or whatever. Maybe it'll be good, but that song stuck in your head, whatever it is. I realize those things happen, but the scriptures assume and call us to set your mind on things above. You need to do it. Put your mind. You have the ability in Christ to set your mind on things above. And to believe God and to exercise your faith. And that, this is, should be freeing because we don't have to lay down under doubt, right? Yeah. I know it's so easy to do that. And sometimes we wake up and like, man, am I just been laying down under this thing, you know? But we have to fight doubt, right? Fight all areas of your life that would tempt you to be sinfully discouraged. Not all discouragement sinful, but sinfully sinfully discouraged, that you, we would flee doubt in the same way that we would flee pornography, right? You know, doubt can just be such a, you know, like the one brother said, like a respectable sin. You kind of like, well, we're weak, and you know, there's so much of a, there's so much of a defeatist kind of mentality in our age, isn't there? I mean, I think it's probably because there's so much carnal Christianity in that, it kind of spills over to us, maybe churches we've been a part of, in the past and not really knowing who the scriptures emphasize us to be because we were actually made and remade to believe God. God has given us the grace to trust him. I'm saying it to myself as well, you know. He has given us the grace, that faith that he has given. It's from him. It's a precious thing in his sight. Yeah, we feel all of our weaknesses, but we were made to trust God, meaning that it is in our hands, right? And in a sense, in a sense, it's easier than we think to believe God. It is a fight. It is a fight. I mean, fight the good fight of faith, that word, agonize. The good agony. I mean, what's that put in your mind? If someone's agonizing in a fight, in a wrestle, it is that way. I mean, there's powers and principalities coming against us. The devil is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What's he trying to devour? He's trying to devour the Christian's faith, right? That's the way we resist him, firm in our faith. Faith in what? Brethren, we we need more than general truth, right? We need more than, well, God's good and He loves me, and that is good, but we we need that as well. But we need specifics too, right? What is this specific thing? How am I going to stand against the devil in this matter? What's the verse for that? We can help one another in this way if you don't know what it is. Damn. Or you could Google it. <laughs> what are the what are the verses on anxiety? There's forty you know, there's forty of them right there. Be careful when you Google it though. So, we have, he says, pour out your heart before him as well. And we've been speaking, I've just kind of been given a very practical thing as far as taking specific verses, but there is a general sense of this verse. It is very general, right? Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. But have you thought about how essential it is and how beautiful it is and glorious it is to be able to pour your heart out before the Lord in prayer? And what, what does that conjure up in your mind, to pour out your heart? I mean, I imagine a big, tall glass 
filled up with life's concerns, filled up with your own uh, things about your own spiritual life. We have groans. We have sighs. We have desires, good desires. Even apart from discouragement and things, there's things in our heart. But to be able to go before the Lord in prayer and pour it all out, what does that conjure in your mind? You take it all and you pour it out as you would a glass, right? Now, do you need to explain all things to God so he knows what's going on? Of course not. He knows all those things. But it is helpful to be able to just tell him the whole case, right? Just like you would sitting down with a brother or sister or your pastor and be able to just, this is what all is going on. You're putting the whole picture from You're unloading. You're thinking about all this. Do that before the Lord in prayer. And many times when, you, when we finally do do that, we realize, why did I not do that earlier, right? Why did I not just take time, that 10 minutes or whatever it was, and just tell the Lord about this matter, right? I mean, isn't that so much of the Christian life and pouring out your heart before the Lord in prayer? I mean, this is huge. Prayer is such a huge thing. Pouring out your soul before the Lord, right? Your soul, what's going on in your heart before the bride pouring out your heart before the husband, Jesus is an example for us in this. I mean, that I just noticed there going through Mark and the busyness of his life, but it says like, but he would go to desolate places to pray. Christ needed it. You know, we, we need it and we get to do that. I mean, what a, what a privilege it is. I'm just encouraging us, brethren, grow in this. Let's grow in this. Pouring out our hearts before the Lord, trusting in Him in all times, before Him, living before the throne of grace. God is a refuge for us. He's a shelter. The idea there in refuge is shelter in the midst, shelter in the midst of the storm. A safe place. I mean, you see imagery in the scripture as well. Lead me to a high rock. You know, you imagine this huge, this very big high rock where all the enemies are below and you are up here with, with God. Meaning that not that your life ever gets where you don't have pain and struggle, but just meaning that you're trusting in God. You're in a safe place. You know, there's one time, one verse that says something, all these enemies are against me, but I am in prayer. Like this is the safe place. This is how we take refuge in Him. We are in the refuge, right? We are in the ark in Christ. But yet we take refuge in God. How do we do that? By trusting Him. By believing in Him specifically in the specific situation and pouring our, out our heart like streams of water before the, the presence of the Lord. It's very simple, but it's... I know one brother, I mean an older brother in the Lord, I, th- I think he said one time, he's just like, when am I ever going to learn that basically what we're saying here just comes down to just... Believing God and pouring out my heart before the Lord in prayer. It is that simple, and it's something that we need to utilize, right? We have a, we have a, a shelter in the storm. So we're not just talking about pouring out our hearts for trials. That's so big. I mean, there's definitely trials, but just in everything. I think we talked about that in the presence of God. But let me just give you some encouragements here. To put this into practice, just let me uh, whet our appetite, if you will, to, to take this verse seriously. If, you will, if we will trust in the Lord at all times and pour out our hearts before the Lord, if we'll do that more, then 
we're going to have more joy and peace. It says joy and peace and believing. May God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Notice it doesn't say in doubting, right? Right? It's like sometimes, I mean, that is the case. It's just there's di- there's different areas of doubt or different areas of, you know, like one, one sister was telling me, lack of surrender, right, to the providence of the Lord or something. And trusting God has good things in this, whatever it may be. But joy and peace in believing, not just in the situation, brethren. Joy and peace in believing the gospel, right? Believing about Christ, that He's mine, I'm going to heaven, and this glorious Christ that we get to behold. Believing Him, believing who I am in Him, so central. You're going to have more joy and peace if you put this into practice. He keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts because he trusts in him. Think specifically about trust. I'm going to rely upon this truth. I'm going to confide myself in this truth. I'm going to treasure this truth. I'm going to nourish my own soul from this truth. I'm going to encourage my own heart from this truth, right? That we're, we're thinking, we're using God's word and applying it to ourselves. There will be encouragement in the difficulty of the trials if you put this verse into practice. You know, the brother said, Samuel Rutherford, he said, When I am in the cellar of affliction, I look for the Lord's choicest wines. When he's in the midst of of the valley, you know, it says in Isaiah, he's going to open up. He's going to open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. That's Isaiah 41, 18. Fountains in the midst of the valleys, right? Living water, rivers of delight. In the midst of the pain, we're not saying we rise above that or whatever it may be, but brethren, we're, we're tasting of heaven, right? Foretaste, foretaste of glory, the fact there's so much there. There's choices, wines in the midst of the trial that if we will seek to believe God and pour out our heart before the Lord in, the, in prayer, we can have. And I want to say something to the person that maybe is maybe going through a season of drought. You know, you need to realize that you can be trusting in the Lord even though there may not be a lot of joy and peace right now. That's something I think can be encouraging. Don't think it's that you're not trusting God just because there is not joy and peace in that. I think because I base that on this verse, Isaiah 50:10, it says uh probably the second part, let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. So it's saying that you're walking in darkness. It's not this talking about the Christian. You're walking in a dark time, a dark season. There's not much light, not much illumination in the word, whatever it may be. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. That you can actually be trusting in the Lord in the midst of that. That's encouraging. Don't think that you're not just because it's absent of that. But at the same time, don't be content with that present state, right? Keep pouring out your heart before the Lord in prayer. Lord, Lord, manifest yourself to me. Lord, bring back the joy. Crying out so, so much, brethren, as far as our trials and things like that, our times of, of barrenness, so much of it can be just a lack of putting into practice our faith and pouring out our heart before the Lord in prayer. I'm not saying that's all the time the case, but a lot of it can be. And you guys know, you guys know that's true. And brethren, just those of us that have walked with the Lord, some of you guys have been walking with the Lord longer than I've been alive. 
And, uh, you know, that's a blessed thing. But And you can learn over the course of time, can't you, that, yeah, it's not all about feelings. It's not all about manifestation. I'm just going to trust in the name of the Lord, rely upon my God. At the same time, brethren, don't take that too far, right? You can take that way too far and get content without a lot of manifestations. Get content without a lot of communion with God in your life. And that's not right either. I mean, we need experience. I mean, we, I mean, Paul, what is he praying for the churches there in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3? They knew those truths, it seems. But he's praying for them that they would have the experience of those truths, right? Christ dwelling in the heart by faith, knowing to be filled with all the fullness of God, to have the eyes of the heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he's been called. You may know what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, right? You may know this uh, the exceeding measure of his power at work within us. He's praying that they would know that. They already knew it in a sense, right? But he's praying that they would know it, that they would experience this. So you, those of us, as we grow, maturity is not necessarily learning to just be content without manifestations, right? As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants after you. That's the right heart if you're ha- handling a barren season right. Lord, I remember when I used to go with the throng. Right? The joy and the, Lord, bring it back. Lord, Lord, I'm seeking, I'm trusting you, I'm walking with you, but Lord, more of your nearness in my life, seeking the face of God. You must believe that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And those who seek Him more will have more of Him. That's just how it is. He's a rewarder of those. Trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart before Him. If you do that, you will have more of God. You will have more intimacy with Him. He will reward that faith. And He's encouraging us on that with this verse. So trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. He who dwells in the shadow of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Brethren, we want to we be in that shadow. We are in that shadow in Christ, but we want to know more of that reality, right? Pouring out our heart before the Lord in prayer. So it says, Selah. So think about that. 